0: your Bible and would like to read what the Lord has placed on my spirit and upon my heart, we are going to continue with our uh, series concerning the Beatitudes. And uh, so we are going to turn to Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 1, and we are going to read down through the 8th verse. We're going to key in on the 8th verse this morning. So Matthew chapter 5, In verse number 1, and the scripture says, And seeing the multitudes, he, Jesus, went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And then that eighth verse this morning, which we're going to focus in on. He says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. We'll stop right there, ask you to bow your heads and let us pray and ask the Lord for his help and his anointing and ministering his word today. Father, we are grateful For the opportunity to be in the house of God. We are thankful this morning, Lord, for the presence of the Holy Spirit that we have sensed as we have worshiped and as we have lifted up your name in praise and song. And now we come to the reading of the word of the Lord this morning. And Father, I just simply ask that you would anoint me in my own self, I can do nothing. In my own self, I lack ability. And I pray, Father, that your anointing will enable me, help me to be capable. I pray that you will put your thoughts in my mind, your word in my mouth, and let it come forth under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear and ears to have clarity of what the Spirit would speak to our hearts this morning. I ask that Jesus would be glorified and that the people of God would be edified, whether they are listening here in the auditorium or whether they are listening online. Have your way today. Open our hearts. Bless me now to be a blessing and give me liberty to speak your word. And all of these things we pray and we ask in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone that is in agreement with that prayer said, amen. So this morning, we are going to pick up our study on the Beatitudes, and we are turning our attention to this eighth verse. And Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Throughout the course of the past few weeks, as we have studied more closely the Sermon on the Mount, we have have come to understand what it means to be poor in spirit. And we have come to understand what it means to be a good mourner. We've come to understand what it means to be meek and to hunger and to thirst after righteousness. We've learned that because we have received the mercy of God in our own life, that now he desires for us to be merciful unto others. We have learned that God indeed desires for us to journey into a state of blessed living. But we have also come to understand that God also requires of us an action before he reacts. There is a blessed state of being that God desires for us to move into, but there is also an action on our part that we must take before we receive the reaction or the promise from God. And this morning, as we look at that eighth verse, I would submit to you that this eighth eighth verse or this, this beatitude that we are looking at this morning, this is where the rubber really meets the road. This is where all pretense... Gets stripped away, and the heart of the matter becomes evident. This is where our motives and our motivations get exposed. Blessed are the pure in heart. When I read that verse, I think to myself, wow, what a tall standard. Blessed are the pure. I, I want to be blessed. Do you want to be blessed? Amen. Then, then, the, then, the, then the, the, the action for getting the reaction, being blessed, or entering into that blessed state of being, the, the action that he's looking for is a pure heart. He says if you're going to be blessed, if you're going to journey into blessed living, then you have to have a pure heart. Wow. What a tall standard. Is Jesus talking about 100% purity and innocence? Is he talking about 100% perfection and flawlessness? Because if that's what he's telling us, then my first reaction when I read that verse is, I can't do that. my first reaction is that's impossible because I know within myself there are times when my motives are not that pure I know you all are John the Baptist and you don't have that problem But in full transparency for me personally, I can't read that verse with absolute confidence, blessed are the pure in heart, and say, that's me. I'm good. I'm pure in heart. As a matter of fact, I read in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9. These are the words I read. That the heart is deceitful above all things. And it's not just deceitful, but Jeremiah goes on to say that it's desperately wicked. And who can know it? I read in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11 that because the sentence of an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Hello? What is Jesus saying? When Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, I personally struggle to say that's me. When Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, I don't have a difficult time with that one because I recognize my need for God. Amen. When Jesus says, blessed are they that mourn, I don't have a difficult time saying that's me because I know there have been moments in my life that I needed to repent. When Jesus says, blessed are they that mourn, I don't have a difficult time remembering my shortcomings and my failures and my faults and saying, that's me, I need to mourn because I personally have felt the weight of my sin and the weight of my personal failures. But when Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, I don't know that I can say that's me. I don't know that I can say that's me. So if Jesus is talking about complete perfection, if he is talking about complete flawlessness, I think that we could all agree that we all come up short. Can you say amen? When I I read blessed are the pure in heart, I don't have complete confidence to say that's me. And I dare say you don't either. So I believe that it's absolutely critical for us to understand what it was that Jesus was saying. What exactly did Jesus mean when he said, blessed are the pure in heart? And in order for us to understand exactly what he was saying, we have to remember who he was speaking to. We have to remember whom he was speaking to. He was talking to a crowd that had been accustomed to seeing the hypocrisy of the scribes and the Pharisees. If you are a student of the Bible, then you know that Jesus reserved his harshest words for those who mask their true heart. If you are a student of the Bible, you will know that Jesus reserved his harshest corrections For those who claimed to be one thing and in reality were something else. Many of the Pharisees were nothing more than religious pretenders, portraying an outward faith while inwardly their heart was far from God. Let that sink in. They had an outward show, they had an outward pretense. They had an outward display of being holy and righteous and good in the sight of God. But inside, they were a whole nother ball game. Jesus said to them in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 1 through 5, Jesus spoke to the multitude, the Bible says, and to his disciples saying, The scribes and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat, or they sit in the authority of Moses. Therefore, whatever they tell you, he said, observe and do that which they tell you to observe. But do not, listen to this, do not according to their works. For they say, and they do not. In other words, they don't practice what they preach. They tell you to do one thing, but they don't do it themselves. He said, they bind heavy burdens hard to bear, and they lay them upon men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move one of them with their fingers. And then listen to this scathing indictment. He said, but all of their works they do to be seen of men. Everything they do, all of their religious piety, all of their religious outward expression, all of that stuff is just a phony baloney. They just do it to be seen of men. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 25, Jesus says to them, Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within you are full of extortion and excess. He says to them in verse 27 of that 23rd chapter of the book of Matthew, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. You are like whited sepulchers. You are like white tombs. You appear beautiful on the outside, but within you are full of dead men's bones. Everything is, you, 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 you appear to be righteous. He says to them in verse 28, Even so, also outwardly you appear to be righteous unto men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Jesus says to them in Matthew chapter 15 and verse eight, this people, these Pharisees, these scribes, these people, they draw nigh to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Everything they do is done so that it is seen on the outside. So understand when Jesus says blessed are the pure in heart. Understand who he's talking to. He's talking about a people that had witnessed all of this religious exercise and all of this outward expression and no reality from the heart. He's telling us that the inside don't match what they are trying to portray on the outside. He's telling us that their cornbread ain't done in the middle. (laughs) It's golden brown on the outside, but it's ooey gooey batter in the middle. You understand what I'm saying? So notice our text. Jesus does not say blessed are the pure. He does not say, blessed are the pure, for they shall see God. If he had said that, then the self-righteous, pious Pharisees would have been thrilled because they were expert. They were experts at outward purity. They were experts at masking what was really on the inside. They were experts uh, at appearing to be one thing, but in reality, they were something else. They had all sorts of external religious rules uh, concerning what they could eat uh, and what they could wear and even how far they could walk uh, on the Sabbath. They had all of these rules uh, and all of these regulations and they went to great lengths. To make sure that everybody thought they had it going on. That they were doing it right. But Jesus did not say, blessed are the pure. He did not say, blessed are the pure. For they shall see God. What he said was, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Those two little words in heart take it to a whole nother level. Those two little words in heart take it to a whole nother level. It takes it from the external to the internal. It takes it from the exterior to the interior. If you read in this fifth chapter... Jesus said you have heard it said that you shall not commit adultery with a woman but I say I'm going to take it from just the rule and the regulation to the heart. I'm going to take it from the exterior to the interior but I say to you that if you look upon a woman and lust after her you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. He says blessed not are the pure Not are the pure acting, the righteous acting, but blessed are the pure in heart. In other words, uh, what God is looking for is for someone to have a heart. Amen. that That the spirit of the Lord gets down on the inside and it affects genuinely what takes place on the outside. Remember, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. He was saying, I'm not looking for someone who looks like they got it all together, but I'm looking for someone who has a heart to do the will of God. I'm looking for someone that has a heart that's filled with the right motive. You can do all of the right things. You can say all of the right stuff. You can act all of the right ways. But if it does not come from a heart that is motivated with love for the things of God, you are just pretending on the outside. Jesus said to The Pharisees are said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 20 of the Pharisees. He said, accept your righteousness. Exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. You will not enter into the kingdom of God. What God is saying is, I don't look on the outward part of man. But I look upon their heart. Do you remember when God sent Jesse? or sent Samuel down to the house of Jesse, looking for a king to replace King Saul. Samuel, the prophet, goes down to the house of Jesse, and all of the sons of Jesse start to pass before him. And God says, nope. That's not the one. Nope, that's not the one. That's not the one. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse number 6 And it came to pass when they had come, and he looked upon Eliab, and he said to himself, This is Samuel talking, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. Surely this is the one that God wants me to anoint to be king over Israel. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on him his countenance do not look upon his height or his stature because i have refused him amen the lord does not look at man as man sees for the man looks on the outward appearance but he goes on to say but the lord is looking upon the heart understand this morning that it does not matter how religious or holy we appear what matters is what's in the heart. So if Jesus doesn't mean perfection or flawlessness, what is it that he means by pure in heart? The Greek word that is translated in our Bible as pure is chaos, which means to cleanse one's mind and one's emotions. Most theologians and Bible scholars suggest that the word has two very distinct meanings. Let me share both of them with you quickly. The first is to be cleansed from filth or contamination or to be free from impurities. Guess what? When we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, he washed us in the blood of the Lamb and made us without spot and without blemish. His blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The second meaning refers to being unmixed or having a double mind or a double allegiance. Let that sink in. The second meaning means to not have a double mind or a double allegiance. Warren Wearsby says... The basic idea that Jesus is establishing is integrity, honesty, sincerity, singleness of heart, as opposed to deception, dishonesty, duplicity, and a divided heart. Let me show you that definition in Scripture. Psalms chapter 24, and verse number 3 and verse number 4, this is what King David says. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? And who will stand in his holy place? And then he answers that question. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul, he's fixing to give you the definition of pure in heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully or lie under oath. So understand that David's definition of a pure heart is one who does not participate or engage in falsehood or untruth. Amen. One that does not deal in deceit or one that does not say one thing and live another. One that is not trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes. One who deals truthfully. The pure in heart are not the kind of people that say one thing and live a different reality. In other words, the pure in heart are not the kind of people that are trying to play both sides of the fence. Any of you know someone like that? No testimony. James chapter 5, we can find that same definition in the New Testament. James chapter 4, verse number 8. James says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Purify your heart. You double-minded. So in other words, he's saying that the double-minded and those that, amen, are trying to live one thing, a falsehood, amen, those are the ones that do not have a pure heart. Understand that purity is not just being clean. It means being single-minded and intentionally focused. So I, as I started putting my notes together, I wanted to blend those two definitions, and this is what I came up with. A person with a passion for purity is one who has been cleansed in his character so that the way that he acts in public is the same way that he acts in private. No falsehood. No facade, no mask. And I know that has a whole different meaning now. <laughs> no falsehood. In other words, someone that is striving to be like Jesus even when no one is watching. Hello? I'm reminded of a little story that I read some years ago about a deacon and his young son who were traveling home from church. They passed a watermelon patch and the father said to the young son as he pulled the car over, I want you to keep a lookout. I'm going to go get a melon. And he creeped off out in the field and grabbed a big watermelon and he hollered back to his son who was in the car and he says, look both ways. Is anybody coming? And the little boy hollered back, There's nobody coming either way, but shouldn't you look up? (laughs) In other words, Amen, God is watching. In other words, we, are, we ought to be the same whether there are others around or there are not others around because God is watching. It's not a matter of just the external. It's a matter of our heart doing what's right in the sight of God. Amen. Our heart is the core of our being. Our heart is what we are in secrecy, in the privacy of our thoughts, And our feelings, our heart is what we are when nobody is around. Amen. We are at the invisible root. What we are at the invisible root matters just as much to God as what is seen on the exterior or the branch. Jesus says in Matthew twelve and thirty three, either make the tree good or make the tree bad. Choose a side. For the tree is known of its fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. He says in, in Matthew 15 and 18, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. And those are the things that defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. Out of the heart. Amen, look around this world. Do you see troubles and problems on every hand? Well, I I will tell you, the world doesn't have a gun problem. The world doesn't have a racial problem. The world doesn't have a hate problem. The world has a heart problem. The world has a heart problem. And their heart needs to be changed by the power and the spirit of God. Because out of our heart, It's the heart that is utterly critical to Jesus. We are in the deep, private recesses of our lives, what is in our heart. This morning, consider with me three requirements for having a pure heart. The first requirement to having a pure heart is that we must guard our heart. The word translated heart in the Greek is "cardia." it's where we get our english word cardiac in the bible the heart represents the seat of our emotions our thoughts our desires our passions our heart is our inner person the real us the heart is the totality of the inner man it is the seat of our character The heart is a freeway cloverleaf where all of our emotions, and passions, and wisdom converge. And for the most part, the heart of the problem is a problem of our heart. Whether we are good or whether we are evil depends upon what is in our heart. That's why the Bible tells us in no uncertain terms in Proverbs 4 and 23 to keep thy heart. That word, keep thy heart, or those words interpret, guard your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart with all diligence because he says, out of your heart. Out of your heart are the issues of life. In other words, everything that we struggle with, everything that we face, everything that we encounter around about us and everything that we go through and everything that we are tempted by, it all comes from our heart. Proverbs 23 and 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. Proverbs 27 and 19, as a face is reflected in water, so a person is reflected by his heart. So is a person that is reflected by his heart. Let me just tell you, your your outward life, your outward, unless you are trying to be an actor on the stage of life, Your outward expression is going to be what's in your heart. Amen. And you may try to, you may try to, you know, shape that and be Shakespeare when you come to church, but I'm going to tell you what's really in your heart is what really matters. You may fool me, you may fool everybody else, you may fool everybody around you, but you will not fool God. So number one, we need to guard our heart. Second requirement to having a pure heart is we must develop purifying habits. We must develop purifying habits. The word pure, kethros, means, amen, to, to be free from defilement. I submit to you that being pure in heart does not just happen by accident. It doesn't happen just by accident. It requires a daily effort on our part. The first thing that we can do to have a pure heart is to develop a habit of reading God's word, develop a habit of reading God's word. The Bible says in Psalms 119 in verse number nine, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And then he answers the question by taking heed unto your word, O God. John chapter 15 and 3, Jesus said to the disciples, Now you are clean through the word, through the word which I have spoken unto you. John 17 and 17, Jesus says, Lord, sanctify them, the disciples, with thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. James chapter 1 and verse number 21 says, Wherefore, lay aside or lay apart all filthiness of superfluity of naughtiness and receive receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. What is he telling us? He's telling us that we need to develop a habit of getting into the word of God. And when we get into the word of God, it has a way of getting in us. And when it gets in us, it will transform the way we think and the way we act. The first process is getting into the word of God. Secondly, request God's help. Request God's help. A pure heart requires developing a habit of requesting God to help us with the truth of his word. If we lack wisdom, if we lack understanding, then we need to seek after God in prayer and seek for his guidance. We know that God's word, we know what God's word says and how it applies to our lives. And when we do, it will change us from the inside out. Thirdly, thirdly, amen, we must rely upon the Holy Spirit God wants us to have a pure heart and he never asks us to do anything that he does not empower us to do. Now that's a really, really profound statement. He he asks us to have a pure heart, but he never asks us to do anything that he does not empower us to do. So we need to pray for for the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us and empower us. Understand that we cannot live a Christian life without the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Understand that we cannot live a Christian life without the Lord coming alongside and helping us and lifting us up and enabling us. God's Holy Spirit is what enables us to overcome and find complete victory in our life. If you are trying to live a Christian experience on your own, you are going to fail because if you're trying to do it in your flesh, you can't have enough willpower, mind power, or any other kind of power, but if you trust in the Lord with all of your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to empower you, you can do all things through Christ uh, who strengthens you. Hmm. Scripture tells us in Zechariah 4 and 6 that it is not by our might. It is not by our power. But it is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So if we want to have a pure heart and see God, we must first guard our heart. And secondly, we must develop purifying Habits. Read the word of God Call upon the Lord in prayer Trust in the power of the Holy Spirit And the third thing that we must do If we want to see God Is we must be willing to look for Him We must be willing to look for Him I submit to you this morning That we will all see Him One day In the sweet by and by, there will come a day the Bible teaches that we will all see him face to face. I I don't know what that's going to be like. I can't even imagine what that will be like. But there is coming a day that we will all come face to face with the creator of this world. The Bible says that God himself shall wipe away every tear. You hear what I'm saying this morning? Oh, what a day that will be. But when Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. He's not just talking about seeing God someday in the sweet by and by. He's talking about seeing God right now. Right here, right now, in your own life. But if you're going to see God, you're going to have to look for him. Understand that the phrase reveals a continuous action and it literally means right now. We can continually enjoy the presence of God right here and now. I submit to you that we can see him right now in this world in at least three ways. Let me share three ways with you that we can see God in this world right now. We can see God in this world in places. In places. What do you mean, Pastor Gary? I'm well-traveled. I have been to the East Coast, the West Coast. I've been in the Deep South, the Northern Plains. I've been to Hawaii, Alaska, All of those places multiple times. 22 years on the evangelistic field. I'm well-traveled. Just this past week, I stood on the shores of the Pacific Ocean and I saw God. Just this last week, I looked out and I saw him in the incredible vastness of his creation. I saw him in the order of his universe. I saw his fingerprints as I watched the waves as they danced against the shoreline. I saw God as I stood beneath a redwood tree that is 300 feet tall and 19 feet in diameter. I saw him. I've stood on the mountaintops and looked out over the beautiful valleys. I've seen God in the raging rivers uh, as the spring runoff rushed down the mountains. Uh, I've seen God at 40,000 feet flying over the Rocky Mountains. I saw him last night in the sunset. I looked up into the stars as I prayed for this service here this morning, and I saw the hand of God that the Bible said hung every one of those stars into space. I saw him this morning when I got up at 530 this morning and saw the sun coming up. I'm telling you, if you want to see God, you got to look for him but brother he is everywhere you can see him in places the condition of our heart determines if we can see him in creation if we are pure in heart the beauty of spectacular places will remind us of how great God is I submit to you that we can not only see him in places but that we can see him in people. We can see him in people. I've seen God in the smile of a face of a child. I will never forget one time I was in Melbourne, Florida preaching revivals. I'd been gone from my home and from my family. For probably three going on four weeks. I'm sitting on the front pew and the services beginning and children are coming out from their classrooms. and I'm sitting there, and in my spirit, in my heart, I was lonely, missing my family, missing my three little boys. In my heart, there was an emptiness. And a little girl walked up to me coming from her classroom and handed me a picture that she had colored in her classroom and she smiled at me. And she lifted her hands up and wrapped her arms around my neck and gave me a hug. And I saw God in the smile of that child. I felt the compassion of the Lord. Here I am missing my boys, and God sent me a little child to give me a hug. I said, you can see the hand of God in people. I've seen the hand of God in the kindness of strangers. I distinctly remember growing up as a child and seeing God in my grandmother's life. I've seen the hand of God in the lives of pastors and teachers and family members and friends. And what I'm telling you this morning, if we are willing to look, we can see God. Not just in the sweet by and by, but we can see him right here, right now. If our heart is pure and our heart is right in relationship with God, we can see his fingerprints all around us. We can see God in people. We saw God in Jesus. The scribes and the Pharisees caught a woman in the very act of adultery. And they were going to stone her. They saw a worthless, sinful woman. But Jesus saw a lost sheep that needed a shepherd. I see God in that act. If we are pure in heart, we can see God in places. We can see God in people. And number three, we can see God in our problems. Nobody likes problems, right? But if we are pure in heart, we can see God in our problems. The pure in heart know and trust that God has a divine purpose for every problem that he allows. Maybe you're here this morning and you think you are going through something that no one knows of and no one understands. and no one, I promise you, God knows who you are, where you are, and what you have need of. We have a pure heart. Our problems, when we have a pure heart, our problems make us better. If we do not have a pure heart, our problems make us bitter. Hello? If we have a pure heart, our problems make us better. If we do not, amen, we we have problems and they make us bitter. It all depends upon the condition of our heart. There's an old saying that says that the sun melts butter, but it hardens clay. Amen, two different effects, same sun. When we are pure in heart, we see God in our problems and we understand that he will use those situations to make us better people. When we are pure in heart, we see God everywhere, in places, and people, in problems. Yes, we will see him one day at the resurrection, and we will see him one day in the future, but right now, we need to guard our heart. We need to develop purifying habits, and we need to look for him in places, in people, and in problems. Blessed are the pure In heart, those who are single minded. I may not always get it right, but bless God, I will get back up on my feet and try again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I may not always get it right, but I ain't giving up that is a pure heart that is a heart that is pure a heart that's been washed in the blood of the lamb and a heart that is not double-minded wishy-washy wishy in that way and washy in that way a heart that doesn't deal in masks trying to put on an acting job out here and having something else on the inside. Let me close with a series of questions. Answer these questions in the, in just in the privacy of your heart. And let's just see how our heart is. Let's suppose that you are sitting around and you are relaxed, nowhere to be, nothing to do, And your mind is just in neutral. What direction do your thoughts go? Do they go to inappropriate places? Or do they reflect the things of God? Philippians 4 and 8 says, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely and things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So where does our thoughts take us in the privacy of our life? Do our thoughts reveal a pure heart? How about this? You find a $100 bill laying on the sidewalk. What is your first response? Is your first impulse to look around and see if you can detect the owner? Or do you just discreetly slip it into your pocket and say to yourself, finders keepers, losers weepers. (laughs) Must be my lucky day. God bless me today. How's your heart? In what ways does your manner towards certain people differ from your actual feelings? In other words, do you smile at their face and talk behind them to their back? Do your actions reveal a pure heart? Let me ask you just one more question. If you could be given a full day in which you knew that no human eye would be able to see anything that you did, how differently would you plan your day? Do your plans honor God? Would your actions reveal a pure heart? Blessed are the pure in heart. God doesn't just want it on the outside. He doesn't just want the pretense of a relationship with him. He wants it to come from a heart that is filled with the love of God. Come from the inside out. So this morning I close with just one more question. How's your heart? How would would you describe your heart? Bow your heads, please. All over the building this morning, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed, Heavenly Father, in the wonderful, the awesome name of Jesus. Lord, we are so thankful for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we sensed as we ministered the word that you've placed on our heart. I pray, Lord, right now that here in this auditorium, those that are watching, I pray that you would speak to us. Let us understand that you're not just looking for an outward expression of righteousness, but you are looking for a heart that's been changed. I pray today, Lord, that if we if we look within and we feel the Holy Spirit speaking to us in areas of our life and calling us to to a place of purity and having a pure heart, not having a double mind and not being just exterior. But Lord, I pray that if the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, we will readily come and say, Lord, help me to have a pure heart washed in the blood of Christ, determined and single-minded and not double-minded in my ways. But help me to fulfill this beatitude so so that I may have the blessing that is promised, so that I may enter into that blessed state of being. We ask it in Jesus' name. Speak to us. We pray, Lord, in Christ's name. Heads bowed, eyes closed are you here this morning that you would just slip up your hand and say Pastor Gary I needed to hear this message today because there's some things that need to be purified in my heart just slip up your hand yes 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 God sees those hands there stand to your feet please hands lifted this morning Lord, I pray for every individual that lifted a hand. I pray, Father God, that you will just simply shine your glorious, shakana glorious light into the hearts of those individuals that lifted their hand and allow them to be strengthened with might by your spirit in their inner man and allow them to rise up above Leave the exterior for the interior. The changed life, the changed heart. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Come and worship.